Amen. Hey, you may be seated. Good to see everybody today. I heard there was a football game happening today. And uh, all I got to say is go Niners. I know there's some Chief fans and heaven forbid, even some Seahawks fans that are allowed to come to church here. Where's Kylo? There he is. That's right. And uh, it's going to be fun today. But before that, that is really the, the second tier event happening today because we actually have something even better. And I'm not just saying that in, you know, to be hyperbolic or whatever, to talk about what we're doing here. But actually, we have an incredible honor today. One of my heroes, I know one of Bethany's heroes, Pastor Jamie Panetta, our, our pastor of Joy Church La Paz. She is here today in the house. I can't see her, but she's up there somewhere. Yeah, she's up there. And uh, she's going to be speaking to us today, sharing the word with us today. And so we're really excited about that. And I'm not going to uh, take up any more of her time. What we're going to start with, though, before she comes up, uh, is we're going to watch a video about the church in La Paz. So we're going to get ready for that. Now, when Pastor Jamie does come up here, I want you guys to give her a warm welcome. She's awesome. Open up your hearts. Open your minds. Get a notepad out. Get ready to learn from her and be inspired by her story and her faith and what she has to share with us. But we're going to start with the video. God bless. Well, Hello. Um, I'm really excited about being here. Can somebody help me move this up a little bit more? It's kind of low for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. As you already know, I'm um, from originally from Joy Church Medford. And we got some Medford people here, my daughters and son-in-laws and grandkids, perfect. And um, I'm currently from Joy Church La Paz, otherwise known as Destino Cristiano. And I'm, I bring greetings from the people of, of, of Destino. And they all invited you to come. And they're the real deal when it comes to hospitality. If a bunch of you showed up at their door unannounced, and you said to them, hi, we're here for a month, they'd be like, is that, is that all you can stay? Are you sure you can't stay longer? Really, they're like that. I'm not kidding. Now, that's not true about me. They're over there, they're gonna go get the frijoles, they're gonna go get the ingredients for the pozole, and they're gonna party. But if one person shows up at my door unannounced, I'm like, you have crossed the line. You have seriously crossed the line. Don't you know that advance warning is the norm here? And you know, to walk over my threshold, I need to know you're coming. That's kind of how I am. And that's my natural state, of course. It's my sin nature. And it's really to guard myself against what I could refer to as space invaders. <laughs> but the problem is that God sent me to Mexico <laughs> to make me fully aware of this particular char character flaw that I have and to make me be nicer. I'm working on it. I really am. <laughs> But many of you have already visited and connected, and I'm really excited by that. I saw a lot of faces here today, and it was exciting. Um, but we really do want you all to come. We want you all to, to visit us, just not at the same time. And not for too long. No, just kidding. <laughs> but we've had two missionary interns come from Joy Church Eugene. We've had Nikki Dasso and Kalia Nibi, and so we are so grateful for them. Yeah, give them a, a round of applause, please. They were a major blessing to the church and actually to me personally. And actually, all of you are a blessing to us. Your church has been extremely generous with your love and your prayers and your support. And because of that, Destino Cristiano is on the move. 
in La Paz. I arrived this morning with a great report. And there's so, because there's so much momentum right now, it's like waves of opportunity are coming our way. It's amazing. And we're riding those waves, by the way. God is like, surf's up. We're like, okay, getting our paddle boards out there. It's kind of crazy. But I would just say that it's just crazy enough. It's not too crazy. It's just crazy enough. And that's the title of my message this morning. It's crazy enough. Just crazy enough. And what I mean by that phrase is that we're at the right level of crazy. There's many levels, right? The dictionary describes crazy as mentally deranged, extremely enthusiastic, and absurdly out of place. So let's take a minute to see what real crazy might look like. Don't get old, he says. <laughs> I tried that, but it didn't really work. But if you're wondering why I showed that video, it was for the purpose of understanding the phrase crazy enough. So I wanted you to see the high level of crazy that's kind of out there in order for you to see the crazy, just the crazy enough. Our bright-eyed gentleman was not the highest level of crazy I've ever seen, right? We've seen crazier? I mean, his noises were peculiar. I won't, I won't do it. I'm kind of tempted, but I won't. But what he's saying is kind of sane. It's sensible in some ways, and it's even kind of spiritual, probably worth an amen or two. But his presentation, well, that was a bit deranged, right? He was extremely enthusiastic and definitely out of place, absurdly out of place. But he fits the definition of crazy very well indeed. But my version of crazy enough does not include being deranged. Aren't you glad to hear that? at least not for the most part. And I have a reason for clarifying crazy, crazy from crazy enough. It's to make sure that we are all on the same page, that we're vibing right. Are we vibing right? Okay, great. Yes. This moment and this time at Destino Cristiano, the doors are swinging open. And I want you to understand what, what that means to us. The doors were, that are opening, we weren't even actually knocking on. And we're just kind of minding our own business when all of a sudden we hear, you know, the door opening. We're like, is that an open door? Wow, how exciting. And for whatever reason, probably because we're just crazy enough, we're not hesitating. We're like, let's go. Let's go. And we were like storming the doors. We're not like, what's the door? We're like, there's an open door, let's, let's hit that door. And what's crazy good is that it's not just a few of us at Destino that are thinking this way, or even catching the ride and riding the waves. It's not just a few of us rushing the doors, it's not a few leaders, it's also the members and even newer people. They're, get, they're catching that. And maybe, maybe I'm, I'm bold enough to say that there's kind of an awakening happening, or maybe there's something in the water or maybe something in the tortillas. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you, I really am telling you that I can feel the energy rising and the enthusiasm is spreading. It's catching, it's contagious. But it hasn't always been like that. Yes, God was always there with Jerry and I providing all the instructions we needed, the next best steps and all those things. We've had miracles and blessings all along. Salvations always in our ministry in La Paz. But the congregation has always been wonderful. All the people warm and friendly and 
hospi hospitable. They, they would take you in, they would give you pistoli, they would do anything that you asked them to do, and more. But trust me when I tell you that the beginning was difficult. That's just the truth of the matter. Our beginnings were small. I mean, you can't get much smaller than two unseasoned pastors driving to Mexico in their Kia with no team or plan. That's kind of a small beginning, right? <laughs> It was, it was just crazy enough, and maybe it was on the borderline of crazy, crazy. But we had a vision, but we, you know, we had a vision, but we didn't have a solid plan. There was a dream, but there was no team. There we, we came without a place to live, but we trusted God to give us a place to live. There was no church. We had to start the church. There was no building. So the beginning was very small, and the beginning was scary, actually. It was a small, scary beginning just to be honest with you. But that didn't stop us from believing God. And we counted on a portrait of scripture in Zechariah 4.10, and we're going to put it up on the board, and it became our mantra, so to speak, for who has despised the day of small beginnings? And in the day of, in the day of very small beginnings at Destino, in the days when it was 10 a.m. and no one was at church except Jerry and I, we, we did not despise those teams. We made up those times. We made up our mind not to despise those times. Instead, we decided to take advantage of the small beginnings, to use the time, because I really believe that small beginnings are beautiful in their own way. In the day of small beginnings, we continually reviewed and renewed our commitment to what we were doing. We're like, are we doing this? Yes, absolutely. And we practiced doing church. We, Jerry preached to a few people as if there were a thousand people. He didn't preach like just a, a, an okay message. He was like preaching to thousands. And that's what he said. I'm preaching to, it's as if I'm preaching to a thousand people. And I led worship like I knew how. <laughs> that, was a, that was hard. <laughs> With only five people in attendance, that was happening. And with only five people in attendance, we started to share this vision. We're like, yeah, this is where we're going. And it, it didn't look like that, right, did it? But I remember thinking that we had it made when there were like 15 people at church. Like 15 people, we are awesome. This is fantastic. And of course, the next week there were only like eight. But, but those were the types of, of small beginnings I'm talking about. We were crazy enough to believe that we would someday have a properly functioning church that looked like the vision that we had. And we prayed a lot. But you know what we did in those days was we listened more. Because it was so small beginning. It wasn't a lot of things happening. So we're like, God, you're, you're with us, and we're going to listen to you. And in that time, we dreamed and planned, and we're having conversations with God, and we're like, this is on you, God. <laughs> This is up to you. This is your church. This was your idea. This is your plan. And so here we are, and we're just going to trust you. We kept reminding ourselves about the prophetic words that were spoken over us and the promises of God that were written in the Bible, and we reminded ourselves that Jesus declared himself, who, who Jesus declared himself to be. And let's look at that in Revelations 1.8. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. 
And it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scripture. And the Message Bible says that the master declares that he's A to Z. And Jerry, you know, Jerry was like this. God is the beginning and the end and everything in between. And he's here with us in these small times. And this helped us with our small beginnings as we really under, began to understand and even, even clarify in our minds who Jesus was. And it motivated us to remember why. Why were we sent? There was a reason we were sent. It's because there will be an end. There will be an end, and Jesus is coming back. And at that moment in time, the Bible says that every knee will bow and everyone will believe because we'll see Jesus on the white horse. He's going to have eyes of fire and a sword. He's going to be dressed in a white robe. And I want to look at Revelations 19.16, and let's read what was writ what's written on the robe. It says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Think about that. The whole world at this very same time, the whole entire world will see this, will be reading this. Then the words that are written will be in every different language. They'll be reading it in their own language. I think there's 700 languages. It'll be an amazing time, won't it? But the sad reality is that not everyone who bows their knees at that time will be going to heaven. And it is with this in mind that we remembered our purpose salvation, to share the love of Jesus, to share the love of God, and to build an army that would be defeating the enemy of our souls and to rescue the people for, from, from where they're at. You know, it's a rescue mission that we were on, actually. And it's a rescue mission that I believe that Jesus was on. He rescued the entire world. And so we're on our own rescue mission. And, the, and then, with that in mind, the small beginnings actually don't seem that small. It doesn't because it wasn't necessarily who showed up inside our building, but who touched the, but who we touched inside or outside of the walls. One touch at a time, one soul at a time. And that was good enough for us because it, it was important. It was the reason we came to the city. And we just kept doing what was in front of us to do. In Luke 16.10, Jesus says that whoever can be trusted with a little will be trusted with much. And so we did our best with what we had and who was coming and the time. We didn't speak the language, so it was all very confusing. But we were crazy enough to believe that our small beginning was just the beginning, that God was going to do a great work, and, and it was a small beginning. And it, it is in, in terms of numbers, it's still a small beginning, but, but, but it's not because God is on the move. As I'm telling you, there's motivation. There's something happen, happening in our city. God is on the move. I, I guarantee he's on the move. I think we're going to be seeing some very big revivals in our city. And so even after six years where we stand, I'm going to just tell you kind of where we stand. First of all, I don't know, many of you know me, some of you don't, but my husband, who I went to plant the church with, passed away two years ago. And right before he passed away, he's, he's, he gave me three important uh, instructions, I guess you will call them. And they were this. He didn't say them at the same time, but they were, these were the three talks we had, basically. The first one was be brave. And the second one was don't panic. And the third one was don't take small steps. Jerry left me saying, fear is not an option. Keep it together, Jamie. He knows me. He's like, breathe in, breathe out. Chill out, calm down. He knows me. <laughs> I'm a little high strung. 
And he's like, go for it. Go for it. He was saying, be crazy enough to continue the vision without me. And I'm like, thanks, Jerry. You're about to walk on gold-paved streets. It's easy for you to say. You're living in a pain-free life. There's no tears where you're going. That's great, Jerry. You'll be in perfect peace, one with the universe. Perfect. I'm so happy for you. You'll be finishing your race, and God's like, good, well done, faithful servant. You'll be ushered into the presence of God, surrounded by angels and worshiping. But what you're saying to me, Jerry, is that I have to suck it up. (laughs) Hmm, how is that working for me? And, And he's basically saying you have to believe for more, and you have to run harder, and you have to run faster and take risks. Taking, you got to take risks, Jamie, and you got to stay crazy enough. Big steps, I'm thinking. You want me to be crazy, Jerry? This is spoken by the man who helped me to stay sane, who was always like keeping my feet to the ground, always. He's like, slow down, girl. And he was wise enough to contain all my great ideas. In the early days of small beginnings, I had a lot, even then. But great, Jerry, you're leaving, and now you want me to take big, brave steps. It's kind of a lot to ask, maybe. I'm asking, Jerry, you know, why aren't you saying, be more careful? Why aren't you telling me to contain myself because someone has to reel me in? (laughs) It's it's so weird that also he says, oh, by the way, Jamie, I need you to be the pastor. I'm like, um... Really? He says, you're literally the only one for the job. He said, Jamie, you can do it. You have the heart and you know what to do. And I'm thinking, my heart is breaking. My heart is going to be broken. And I can't possibly feel the big shoes that you wear. I can't possibly be as humble as you are, because if you knew Jerry, you would understand what I'm saying. I cannot possibly be as wise as you are or as loving as you are. I'm working on being nice. I can't possibly preach like you or tell the crazy stories you tell. I wasn't the hairstylist to the mafia like you. How am I got the interesting stories, Jerry? How's this going to work? I'm just me. But then I remembered... It's a prophetic word that was spoken over us. And I remember the promises of God and a scripture that I had memorized in my early years as a Christian. And it's in Philippians 4.13. Do we have that up? Philippians 4.13. Well, I'll just read it. doesn't matter. Is it up here? No. Good. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you can say that all kinds of ways. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. You know, you can say it in many different ways, and I did. And I, 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 that's what I did. I just started to repeat that to myself. And your homework is to go home and try it many different ways and memorize it. Is anybody going to do that? Raise your hand if you're going to do it. Philippians 4.13. Okay. But I believed it. I was crazy enough to believe that God's grace really was sufficient for me, that his power would really be made perfect in my weakness. I believed it, and it was true. In my grieving, God's grace took over, and his power was perfected. And six months later, 
we purchased a building in downtown La Paz. Six months later, we were in a renovation project and, and you know, tearing down, we, we took away seven debris of, seven, seven tons of debris from the building and we took it down, we put it back up. We moved in in February last year. It's been exactly a year that we moved into that building that we had church, actually one day off. We currently have about 100 people in attendance. Last Sunday, there was 110. And did I mention that eight months after that, we planted and moved into a new building in another church. We planted a second church. We, entered, we, we did a second location, and it's the Destino campus in Pedregal. And we held our first Thursday night service in, in November. Another small beginning. Another small beginning. Right now, there's about 30 people going to that church, calling the campus their home. And like I said, it's crazy. Not too crazy, but crazy enough. And if you don't mind, I want to take a few minutes to talk to you about Pedregal. You saw some pictures up there of those, all those kids running around on that plaza. And the first time that we showed up in Pedregal was with a mission group from a church in Washington. Nikki was serving at Destino at the time. But we organized a festival with the approval of a man named Armando, who's the president of the association in Pedregal. And our goal, obviously, was to bring the love of Jesus there at that time. And Pedregal was a bit scary then, very scary. The residents wouldn't go out at night. There were gangs and drug dealers and criminals of every kind, but that didn't deter us. In fact, it motivated us. After the first festival, we tried to rent a place, but we couldn't. And we waited and waited, and finally, I, heard, I woke up one morning, and God said, go now. Go now. So we went. We packed up a table, some chairs, brought carafes of coffee and cookies, and we went onto the plaza and just were squatters. We squatted on the plaza. That's what we did. And the, you know that door didn't open for a place, but God said go, so we went. And so that was what we did. We were really, really excited to be there. We planted ourselves there. We had an open Bible study. We brought our worship leader, Axel, there, and he played the guitar, and we sang as loud as we possibly could. And people started to come, and salvations were happening. At first, the gang members and the drug dealers, they were literally hanging out, like circling us around. And we just started bringing them coffee. Like, hey, would you like some coffee? Would you like some cookies? Can we talk to you? We were so friendly. And they, some of them actually joined, of us, joined us. Some got saved. We showed up winter, spring, summer, and fall for two years in the middle of the plaza before a place opened up. And, you know, there it was one day. The, a, a woman from, our, from Pedregal says, you know what? I found the owner to that vacant place. And I said, how much? And she said, 3,000 pesos, which is $150. I'm like, sold, done, let's go. And that's what we're doing right now. We actually have the church open. We had another renovation project, smaller, but still. We're ready. We can, the owner of that place now wants to sell it to us for 350,000 pesos, which is only $18,000. And we're crazy enough to believe that we can buy that building. Can I get an amen? We're crazy enough because we, believe, we know that God wants us to be a permanent place on that, on that plaza because it's changed the, the, the place. And you haven't really heard the best part. About a month ago, Armando came over to the church. And he said, in Pedregal, I was there teaching women. He said, I need to talk to you. And he said, he arrives at a meeting. He says, there's a group of us that just wants to thank you, me personally. And I'm here to let you know that, the, that you have brought the presence of God to our 
uh, to our colonia. And the result is that there's peace in Pedregal. You have brought the peace. I'm like, oh, I, I just, I, I mean, I just started crying. My ears, my eyes are just tearing up from what I was hearing. He says, we have not experienced this kind of peace in 12 years. Yes. That's what happens when Jesus shows up. That's what happens when people go and they hear the voice of God that says go and then you actually go. The gang violence is down. No one's getting robbed anymore. The neighborhood is safe again. People are out at night. And everyone knows it's because that God, God is there on, watching over that place. It's amazing. I mean, he, Armando said, you guys did not just come and go because we've had a lot of people come and help a little bit. But you come and stayed. You said you would, and you did. And we want to thank you for that. And then he said the principal of the school is, is thanking you also. I'm here on her behalf. And she, there's a school right across the street from the plaza. is an elementary school with 270 students. And the principal says that she was talking about a group of young boys who were playing hooky all the time, and they were bullies and troublemakers, the same group. So they would, if they came to school at all, they only came to cause trouble. And no one know, knew what to do with these boys. And Armando says, but then these boys started going to your church. <laughs> and he says, now they're going to school every day. And they're no longer causing trouble. And, and the, by the way, the boys that he's mentioning are boys that Axel, our worship leader, is teaching how to play music. It's amazing. There's music going on. It's just incredible. And how fast they're learning to play the music is unbelievable. It's a move of God by itself. And so that started us knowing that we are getting ready right now to prepare what we're going to call a music academy in La Paz. I'm really excited about it. This is, this is amazing. Axel is our, he's an intern at our church. He's actually a second year intern. He's graduating in June. And then after he graduates, he's going to be moving into his new role just as training up young people to do music. God is on the move through our worship. We started off with me. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I was never a trained worshiper. I just, I didn't even know how to sing. I just knew that somebody had to do worship. And now God is raising up the next generation of worshipers in La Paz. And they're coming from very poor families. They're the kids that are at risk. These kids are going to play music. I'm so excited. And we're going to train up the young ones who we think have a gift. And we're going to train up the ones who just want to do it anyway. We're going to invite the community for jam sessions. They don't, have, they don't have to be a Christian to come play music with us. So I'm really excited. I'll tell you more as that ministry unfolds. It's just barely started. Um, but God is on the move, as I'm saying. It's like, you know, surf is up. The surf's up. I came from a town called Santa Cruz, California. And when you, yeah, Santa Cruz? <laughs> we got some Santa Cruzans. Yes. But when you heard surfs up, you're, 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 you're in the water. You're, go, you're going. You didn't wait. You, you left your job. You, you didn't care. <laughs> surfs up, man. We got to go. And now we're partnering with Armando for something super, super cool. And that is that we are partnering him to become an education center for the dropouts that are in pre first in Pedregal, and then we're going to move it out into the city. We're going we're to replicate that wherever we go, wherever we plant a church, because we're getting certified by the state to do it. 
It's majorly important. There are so many young kids dropping out of school. They can't afford the uniforms. They can't afford the backpacks and things like that. So they drop out or their parents don't care that they go to school. Their parents need them to stay home with the other little brother or something. But, but I'm really excited because we're becoming a, a community center. We're going there not just because it's, it's, see, I really believe that it's spiritual and practical things that work together. You know, you can't just be spiritual. You gotta be, you gotta care about the whole person, right? You gotta care about all the whole family. And so in every church that we plant, that is the plan that whatever we start at this church, we're like creating a model to go, to go elsewhere. And doors are opening, as I said, and we're walking in, we're running, and the waves are rising, and we're riding in. And I'm telling you, this is very exciting. He's answering prayers in unexpected ways. Just a few weeks ago, we were praying because we're not very good at evangelism. Um, it's the truth. Because I'm, you know, I, I'm like, I'm not that person. But, but I was praying, we got to do, we got to start something. We got to get a group together. We got to do something about evangelism. So this guy comes to, to our prayer group the next week. He doesn't know anything about my prayers that we prayed la that last week. And he says, I'm donating a billboard for, to the church. I'm like, well, where is this billboard? He's like, Foradores, which is the, is the most traffic street. It's a highway in La Paz. And then he says it's in, on the corner of Sinaloa, which is really the nearest one near the church. So I drive out there, right? I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm thinking it's some little billboard. But it's not. That's the billboard. I'm thinking, what is going on? That's amazing. Now I'm like thinking and dreaming up of what we're going to say on our billboard because it's, it's a giant one. And I'm thinking, how about this line? Bringing joy to the city. You like it? Right. Now I just need someone to design it. I need, you know, I, there's a whole other level of that, you know. How do you, how do, you do that? But really, I really said, when, when I saw that billboard, you know what I said? I'm like, no, I literally, I'm alone. I'm alone in the car and I'm like, no way. Actually, I said, no freaking way. Because <laughs> it was crazy, right? That was crazy. That's what's happening. And so I want to just explain to you guys that that is where we're at. There's so many things that I could talk to you about today. How am I doing on time? We're good? Oh, oh, fantastic. I'm talking fast because I don't have a translator. Woo! Oh, it's so fun. I should slow down. Whew. Actually, when I'm talking about the church, because I actually never do, this is the first time I've ever just come and just spread stuff about the church. I talk about it to people and individuals and when you come. But this is the first time, and I feel very wound up. <laughs> I feel wound up. But I have to wind down. So, you know, you build up to come back down, kind of like that. But I do, and so I don't have time to tell you about the new prison ministry we're starting. That door has opened up. We've been approved to go into the prison, but for both the men and the women. Um, we are also starting a hospital ministry, not in the hospital, but outside of the hospital because poor families come and they're hungry and they got to take care of their families. And so we're, we're going to have coffee and oatmeal or pond or whatever else we decide to have in that ministry. And also we've got recovery centers we're at. We just found, there's another one that just opened up. 
And it's one that has all the professionals. We're talking about the judges and the attorneys and the architects. And so I'm really, really excited about that one. Um, God is just opening these doors. These are not things that we, we, we haven't had to knock anything down because he's on the move. He has an idea and a plan. He knows what he wants us to do and to accomplish. And so if there's anything that I want you to take away from this message today, it's that you've got to get a little crazy. Not too crazy. Because there's crazy, crazy. But crazy enough. If We have to think a little crazy. We have to act a little crazy for something crazy to happen. Right? If you insist on pure sanity, then you'll be playing it safe. And if safety is important to you, then you'll get the safe result. If you're comfortable being comfortable, then you're going to stay comfortable because God honors that. He's like, hey, you're good with it. I'm good with it too. Fine, no problem. If you think too hard and too long, the waves are going to crash in front of you. If you think too hard and long, the waves, so you're going to see somebody else riding your wave. You're like, wait, what? that's my wave. If you hear the squeak of a door opening, but you don't open it or run in, someone else is in front of you going, I made it first. I'm in the door. If you waver, God passes over you. Because he chooses those who are truly committed. We have to be fully committed to something. Those who are crazy enough to just say yes and trust God for the rest, that's who God is going to be behind and open the doors for and bring the waves. I think if sometimes if you perfect your idea too long, if you're trying to make everything perfect and make, make it perfect, it's like sending in an application, not sending your application to get a patent. You know how businesses, they miss out because somebody was faster, and then they own this. But I think you need to own your dreams. You need to own what's in your heart. You have to be crazy enough to go believe that God put that dream in your heart. I don't believe that we put our own dreams in our heart. Sometimes we do. I understand that. I understand sometimes it's selfish ambition. But I think that we all know when it's God because it's something we're hesitating to actually do. We're scared to do. And I'm convinced that there's only one way to live as a Christian. It's the way the heroes of faith lived. It's described in Hebrews 11. It's the way Jesus lived and it's the way the disciples lived, the way modern heroes of faith are living. They don't hesitate. They believe, they move, and they act. They go. And those who use the word maybe or later or someday, that's, God can't get behind that. God, God won't push you. He's saying, go in. I'm opening. You go in. And you're going to miss it. Don't miss it. You know who's going to, who you know who doesn't miss it? The ones who are just crazy enough don't miss it. The ones who are dedicated to the cause of the one who declared himself to be the Alpha and the Omega, they don't miss it. The one who is and was and is to come, the Almighty One, that's the ones who aren't going to miss it. It's Jesus, the one that we preach. Jesus, who is the A to the Z and everything that's in between. And as our crazy friend, he's my friend, I kind of like him now, he answered the question, he's like, she, he, he was answering the question, and she said, what is the meaning of life? And he said, to live in the mystery. <laughs> he said it, to live in the mystery, because it's all a mystery. 
This is a mystery. And to find your purpose. And then he ended it with, now, create, inspire. God bless you. You all right? That was awesome. Best ending to a sermon ever. How many of you guys are really inspired by that? Man, I'm inspired. Bethany, we should start a church. Another church. Who's with us? We could, <laughs> how about we just keep, uh, keep seeing what God wants to do in our community, amen? Man, that's so awesome. What an inspiring thing. Let's just respond as a church today. Just lift up your hands. Let's close our eyes. And Lord, we respond to that, that message today, to your word. And Lord, as you shared it through Jamie, Lord, who doesn't just preach or just talk about something, but she's put her money where her mouth is and got in that Kia and drove down the coast and went to Mexico and Lord, is serving you. And Lord, you are showing uh, your faithfulness. You're showing your power. You are moving at Destino Cristiano, Lord, you are moving in Pedregal. You are moving in La Paz. Lord, you are doing great things. You're doing great things there. You're doing great things here. Lord, we open up our hearts and say, God, whatever you want to do with our lives, we want to walk through those open doors. Lord, we don't want to be those play it safe uh, cowards that never uh, trust you really to believe you for big things. But God, we want to be people of faith, men and women that say, yes, God, whatever you want to do with my life, I am open. I am ready, and I want to step through those doors because, Lord, I know that you're going to do incredible things with people in this room, and they're going to preach someday somewhere and say, this is what happened when I took that step of faith into the destiny of God for my life. So, Lord, I pray for that spirit of faith, Lord, that spirit of, of yes, I can do it, that, Lord, that you are with us. I pray for that, that faith to invade our hearts as a church today, and every one of us today, Lord, that we would be open to do what you've called us to do each and every step of the way. Go ahead and keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. This morning, you know, I want to make an opportunity for any person that's here that has not yet put their faith in Christ. The beginning of a life of faith starts with a small step of faith to say yes to Jesus, to, to respond to the message of the gospel, which is this, that we were separated from God because of our sin, because of our failures, our mistakes, and yet God made a way for us to be reconciled with him by sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and and he rose from the dead. And when we put our faith and trust in him, we get to participate in that resurrection life. God saves us. The scripture says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And so today, you maybe say, well, I'm not qualified to be a Christian. I'm too bad. I'm too much of a sinner. Actually, you have to be a sinner to be qualified to receive grace. Uh, you might think, well, I'm not really a church person. Welcome to the club. I grew up in church. I've been trying to get out my whole life and God keeps making me stay. Maybe you're here and you go, well, I'm, you know, I, I don't deserve uh, what, what God has for me. I don't, deserve, I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve mercy. Welcome to the club. None of us do. It's a gift of God because he loves you so much. And so if that's you and you're like, Pastor Jake, I want to put my faith in Christ today. I want to trust in Jesus. Would you just raise your hand where I can see? Anybody here today? Thank you. Thank you. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Please pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray it together. Dear Jesus. I put my faith and trust in you and in you alone. I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me. I give you my life. 
all the good, all the bad, and I put my faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen.